so glad to be here with you. My name is Rob Pfeiffer. I am one of the pastors here at Four Oaks, and I am very, very honored and privileged to be able to bring to you the word of the Lord today. Uh, you heard a couple of the, the housekeeping items as far as how we're running the services over the next couple of weeks. Just want to help you know what, what's going on as well as far as what we're doing on the preaching rotation. Uh, we're, we've obviously concluded the Advent season, and we're taking a couple of weeks to have what I would call just a mini-series on, on rest and renewal. Uh, I'll be preaching through uh, rest today and how we find that. Pastor Scott will be preaching next week. And then Pastor Paul will be back with us, Lord willing, on the 9th of January. We're calling this Vision Sunday. Uh, we're looking forward to really hearing uh, from Pastor Paul uh, his heart, but also letting you understand where our church is, how much God has blessed us as a church, and where we see him taking us in this new year with our ministry priorities and the things we are prayerfully asking God to accomplish in the life of our church here, but also in our community. Uh, January 16th, Romans will pick up again. I think we're in what, year five now, Romans? Is that where we are? No. Oh, wait, that's how many years we're going to preach through it. That's what I meant to say. No, I have enjoyed the series on Romans and look forward to getting back to that uh, mid-January. But I am thankful to be here with you today, and I am praying even now, and I want to pray for us, that the Lord meets us where we are this morning and needing to hear from him what he has to say to us about how to find rest in him. So before I read our scripture this morning, I would love to pray for our time now. Pray with me. God, we thank you. What a wonderful morning to gather together to worship you, to sing to you, and to now hear from you from your word that you have given to us. Father, my prayer now is that you help me to present what you have for us this morning. I pray that my words are guided by you and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you and praise you. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us, your invitation to us today to draw near to you. And we ask that you help us to know and realize that you are present with us this morning. And Holy Spirit, open our hearts this morning. Enlighten our hearts. Let us understand truly the word that we will be reading through today. Open our hearts to hear rightly from you. And we thank you. And it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So this morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to be going through the verses 28 through 30. I want to read the scripture to us. And as I do, I want you to let the word speak to you this morning. To hear God speaking to your heart. The invitation that we are about to hear from Jesus himself. And as I read this, I would like to invite you to stand, if you are willing and are able, as we present the word of God this morning. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it begins with the words of Jesus. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. The title of the sermon this morning is simply Jesus' Invitation to the Weary. Jesus' Invitation to the Weary. Earlier this year, I was blessed, my family were blessed to be able to go on sabbatical. We took about a three-month journey away from Four Oaks, away from Tallahassee at times, to focus on rest and to focus on uh, a segment of time that the elders that I'm very thankful for do set aside for the pastors of the church, that every seven years or so often they are to go on a, we are to go on a sabbatical to take time and be with the Lord. And this was not an easy thing for me to do because I realized I had to separate myself from people that I love, namely here at Four Oaks, the Four Oaks family that has been such a blessing to myself and to my family. And as the time drew near, I realized that, wow, this is going to be a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be as I first thought about the idea of taking time off and being able to focus on my own soul, focus on my family, focus on caring for my wife well, and just taking some time to to be with one another. But I realized that going into the planning, it was going to take a great deal of discipline to really focus on rest. And to be honest, as I drew, as the time drew near to take the sabbatical, and as I entered into the first week or two, I realized a couple things about my heart and what it was speaking to me was that I was weary. There was a spiritual weariness that I was really being confronted with. I also realized that I didn't have a really good understanding of how to rest well and where to find true strength in rest. And also really truly the invitation that we have from the, from the word of God, from God himself, from Jesus himself as we're seeing here of truly to find rest in him. And that it's a gift, it's an invitation. A couple of things I also realized that were pointed out to me by my loving wife Shannon was that I had probably lost a sense of joy in my life. We were on a, a marital retreat out in California, and one of the days that we were spending together, we were given the exercise to go through the, the different fruits of the Spirit and to encourage each other as to what do we see active at most in each other's lives and to also challenge each other. Where do we want to, what, what do we think we need to, needs to be more in our lives? And of course, I avoid confrontation at all costs, and I was very positive in everything that I said to my wife. And of course, she sees right through that and tells me, no, what do you really think? But it was a wonderful, wonderful eye-opening, heart-opening experience when I was told that there was a lack of joy in my life. So I would describe the first half of my sabbatical was just really coming to terms with where my heart really was. And this verse that I'm reading to you was one that was 
really presented to both Shannon and myself in a, in a wonderful way to, and, and in a, also a really perfect time. And, and I want to take us through this passage to hear from my heart, but also really to help us maybe come together in understanding truly where is God calling us as we head into the new year? How are we to be shaping our lives as we continue to worship him and, and follow after Christ? We have a lot of ministries and a lot of things going on in the life of our church that I'm thankful for. But I do realize and have realized that as much as I do and as much as I see us doing, I do wonder how much are we forgetting to just simply being, being in the presence of Jesus, being in the presence of God, taking time to focus on him. And I want us to be thinking about that this morning. So my question to you, are you weary? Do you find yourself spiritually weary this morning? Okay, this is not a question of asking, are you physically tired necessarily? Are you experiencing mental fatigue or emotional burnout? And I do think all these things can be tied into our spiritual weariness. But I'm talking about a deeper and greater weariness. St. Augustine says this, and I think it speaks very well. His quote is this. It says, Lord, thou hast made us for thyself, and we can find no rest till we find rest in thee. You see, there is a spiritual weariness in each of us that, that it just truly cannot be satisfied by anything or anyone but God. How can I find rest in God? How can I live my life to really pursue this and experience it? Well, one way that I typically do is I, I try to work my way to rest. That sounds weird, doesn't it? We live in our culture now where we work, we work, and we kind of work for that point of rest. And in a lot of ways, we, we want to earn, we, we want to walk into that rest feeling like we've earned something through our work. And that's not necessarily bad. Labor is good. But my rest in God, God has helped me to see how much I truly try to work to him, toward him, for that rest. But truly, I mean, it's not, it's not a real option. It's not the life-satisfying option. Because what it does is it only increases and intensifies the weariness. See, the only true option is to accept Jesus' invitation to the weary. And that's what we see here in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus' invitation, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We find here in Matthew 11 that there's a, there's a turning point in the ministry of Jesus. That Israel's rejection of his messianic claims begin in earnest here. In earnest. Challenging his claims. Challenging who he is. And we see ultimately that this leads to the, his death on the cross. And this chapter is very, very interesting. Very, it's, it's full of these 
what I would just call, and if I was in this place, this frustrations of why are you not listening? Why are you not hearing? Why are you not beholding what is before you? Just like Pastor Joe said earlier when we were singing that the kingdom was at hand. The Israelites were always struggling with just desiring a king apart from the promise and the truth of what, what God was bringing to them. That the king himself, the Messiah, the Savior was in their midst and what did they do? Rejected him. In verses 25 and 26 of chapter 11, you, you see that, that Jesus offers a response. He offers this response to the, the, the rejection, the hardening of the hearts that he was encountering with the Pharisees and the scribes and, and the people. In verses 25 and 26, Jesus says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. You see, in the face of growing hostility, what God was doing, uh, he was working in the hearts of people. And you would think that he would work in the hearts of the Israelites, for they were the ones that would truly, they, they should know better. That's not what God was doing. He was presenting it to those who were least likely to receive it. Those who had no standing, those who had no stake. He was revealing it to those who had a ready heart to receive what God was doing. And we see in verse 27, ahead of this invitation in verses 28 through 30, where Jesus declares, he says, I, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. You see, this bold declaration of the sovereign grace of God and salvation, this is what Jesus is claiming. That salvation has come. It is present. And I'm setting all this up for us to understand truly the invitation that follows this declaration of who Jesus is, it is simply, now come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the main point of this sermon today as we go through these passages, it's only Jesus offers rest to the weary. I want you to hear this this morning. If you are weary, only Jesus offers rest to the weary. And the question becomes, how, how can we experience the rest that Jesus is, is speaking to here? How can we experience the rest for the weary? As we go through these verses, we're going to see three, three ways that we can experience this rest. Number one is to accept the invitation Christ extends. The second, submit to the duty Christ commands. Number three, embrace the benefits Christ offers. And that's going to be our roadmap here for the next several minutes as we discover, as we hear from the word of God, from Jesus himself, on how to experience this rest. So accepting the invitation Christ extends, 
We see in verse 28, this is one of the greatest declarations of Jesus. It's the best, in my opinion, the best invitation ever given. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In this verse itself, this this invitation, it consists of three different things. It, It first consists of the call itself, the call from Jesus. In verse 28, Jesus says, come to me. Now, if you think about this, if we look at the the history through the Gospels when Jesus is calling his disciples, he typically just simply says, follow me. Follow me. But this invitation we find here is different. Come to me is what he says. You see, before we follow Jesus, we have to come to Jesus. This invitation is personal, it's exclusive, it's compelling. And what it tells us, what it tells me, is that I, us, we, we cannot find rest in ourselves, our material possessions, or anything this world offers us. Only Jesus offers rest for the weary. And you see, in light of the context of what we're seeing here, We're also seeing Jesus speaking to the religious work, the religious force of the Pharisees and the scribes. This is also telling us that Jesus is making it clear that no creed, no church, no clergyman, no person can give us rest. It's only Jesus, only Jesus can provide us the rest that we need in our weariness. In his book, What Jesus Demands of the World, John Piper writes this. He says, Jesus did not come into the world mainly to bring a new religion or a new law. He came to offer himself for our eternal enjoyment. And he did. He did whatever he had to do, including death, to remove every obstacle to this everlasting joy in him. This invitation that Jesus is giving, he has made the way for you to accept and receive and experience the invitation that he is offering. And I want you to hear that this rest, this rest consists of this eternal, everlasting joy that he offers us in this rest. And I must admit, this is what I was, this is what I was not seeing in my life. When I mentioned earlier about just the, the lack of joy that God was revealing to me, I didn't realize and think upon what Jesus has truly done and the invitation that is there for me to experience what and who? Himself. You see, what we're seeing in this call is that true rest is only found in Jesus Himself. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. So where do you find yourself this morning? Have you come to Jesus? Have you accepted the invitation that Jesus extends to come to him? Are you finding joy in him? You see this call in verse 28, it's followed by a condition Jesus says, come to me, but the condition, it says, all who labor and are heavy laden. 
And this labor, it means to become weary or tired as a result of hard work. It is to become weary through labor, heavy laden. What this is referring to is it's a term that means to be overloaded or overburdened. Overloaded. You can't move. You're, you're under the weight. I'm reminded like when I think of when I do yard work and I'm moving, like if I cut like a lot of branches off a tree or I'm, I have all the debris in the yard, maybe you'll see me one day in my yard. I overload my wheelbarrow to the point that this thing, you can't even see it. It's, it's just hidden by all the debris and the branches. And, I, and, I, and I, I make this game, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna redefine lazy man load here. And I'm gonna load this thing down and see what I can do. And typically what happens? I can barely lift it, I can barely move it. And even if I do, the, the wheelbarrow just topple over. And I come to my senses and realize, okay, I will make five trips instead of one. It's okay. But the weight, the weight of being that we can be under when it comes to our own religiosity, of us trying to get to God, of us trying to work toward him, we can bring that upon ourselves. But what Jesus is, he's, this invitation, it's in the context of, of the religious oppression that the Israelites were living under with the Pharisees. The burdens the to-do lists. They were being crushed. They were being crushed under this weight. We also see in Matthew 23, verse 4, that Jesus rebukes the scribes, and he says, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. People were crushed under the weight of religion. But here's Jesus with his invitation. Come to me. Are you heavy laden? Do you labor? Come to me. We also think of our own hearts, like I said earlier, that you know, when we try to work out our own sin, the, the, the walls that we encounter, the frustration we encounter, instead of just coming to Jesus and laying it before him and relying on him. For those of you who've had the not so much joy of being at Chuck E. Cheese, the whack-a-mole, you know what I'm talking about? The whack-a-mole game where the little mole pops up out of the hole and you have to keep hitting it. You hit one, there's one over here, and you're just going nuts. See, that's, that's us trying to deal with our own sin. Okay, I got this one. Okay, now there's this one. Oh, I don't want to deal with that one. Uh, over here. It's endless. It's frustrating. Every time you get one issue settled, sin pops up somewhere else. But you see, Jesus, Jesus says, no, come to me. Come to me. Are you under the weight of your sin? Are you under the weight of guilt? Are you there this morning? Jesus says, come to me. Only Jesus can give you rest from the burden of your bondage and your guilt. In Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The call, the condition of this verse, it's followed by the consequence. In verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest. 
Again, Jesus is speaking in personal terms. First, he says, come to me. But then he says what? He says, I will give you rest. I'm thankful for commentaries. And I found this, that the Greek, and I won't nerd out on you too much here, but that what the phrase is really saying is Jesus is saying, I will rest you. I will rest you. So as we're finding rest in Christ, again, don't get into that mindset, okay, now what do I have to do? No, you experience the presence of Jesus and you experience the work of God in your life and you come to submission under Christ, which is loving, which is gentle. He says, I will rest you. You see, we, when we think of eternal life in Christ, Yes, we have the promise. As we place our faith in Christ, we will have eternal life. We will not face death. But I also believe that in this life, we have life. In Christ, we have life. He has given us a new heart. We have been reborn in him. And we can experience and walk in joy and new life because of the fact that Jesus has conquered sin and death. And this is what the world needs to see from us. Yes, we are hoping for what Jesus is coming back to reveal and to judge rightly this world. Yes, we need to understand that the weight of our sin has drawn and taken Jesus to the cross. Yes, we need to understand that our sin has killed Jesus. But we also need to understand that we have life because Jesus is alive. And the rest we find in him is one that empowers us. It's one that unifies us to him. And it's one that gives us peace. You see, this rest is basically saying, Jesus is saying, lay it down. Just lay it down. This summer, Lord willing, we're taking a trip with our middle schoolers to the the wilderness of Tennessee. I mentioned this in my last sermon about the, these trips we've had in the past. And I, I, I'm also thinking about the many times in the years we've gone in the past of the, one of our activities is we go on an overnight hike from our base camp. All right? We go from a very primitive campsite to an even more primitive campsite in the woods. And we hike there. And I can just think of images of years past as we, as we put the, and these are like legit hiking backpacks that we give the kids. And we, I, always, I always laugh when we're in the moment of packing up all of our gear. And there's this mound of stuff in all these little children. <laughs> and they're like, what is all that? I was like, well, that's going to keep you alive for the next two days. So you need to put it in your backpack. And we're just waiting the backpacks down, weighting them down. And of course, there's some youth that trick another, you know, one buddy goes to his other buddy and says, hey, I want you to carry all this stuff. Man, my, my back is heavy, you know. And, and before you know it, the, the kid has been snookered into carrying his load too. And I always have to keep track of that. But at the same time, here's the thing. We go out on the hike and just weighted down. This is not an easy hike. It's hard. But there's a spiritual purpose in this that, that I, I want to get across to the students. You see, after going about four miles or so, you know, that pack is heavy. It hurts. 
Sometimes I have to grab a pack off another kid and put it on the front, and I look like a, a turtle. Like I have the pack here and the pack in front and just walking. Because that's who I am. I help out. And the thing is, is that when we take our rest along the hike and you take that backpack off, it's just like, oh, the weight is off. You see, this is the rest. This is the rest that we find in Jesus. Think of the weight you were carrying today. What have you not given to him and laid down? Jesus is saying, I am taking that off of you. I'm putting it on, and I'm not only bearing it, but I'm telling you where to go now. Follow me. I am bearing your burden. So as that burden is upon Christ, we have to understand that as we have answered the call, we get to point two, that we have to, we realize that Jesus is also saying that we are to submit to the duty that Christ commands. In verse 28, Jesus offers rest through salvation in him. That's basically what he's saying. But we have to see that in verses 29 through 30, that Jesus He offers rest through submission to him. In verse 28, Jesus promises rest by taking the yoke from your shoulders and lifting the burden you carry. But but verse 29 says what? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what is this duty that Jesus commands of us? There's, there's two things. There's, there's the fact that we see the very simple command that Jesus says, put on his yoke. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And just to remind us, a yoke, what is this? It's, it was the wooden frame that was fitted over the shoulders of animals to harness them to plow and do heavy work. It was also fitted on other beasts of burdens. You see this metaphorically, what we're seeing here is this, this term yoke, it's referring to, to bondage and to a mandatory responsibility. It's, it's subjection to another. You see, this is how Jesus is using this term. See, he's offering rest who, who, are, who labor and are heavy laden. But what does Jesus say? He says, well, I'm taking that, but here, put this on. You see, this isn't like, you know, Jesus isn't pulling a bait and switch here, okay? He's, he's doing something very important. And we need to learn from this is that true rest is not freedom from responsibility. We need to know that, that in Christ, the rest that he is offering, we are to be bound to the duty for which we were created, As we have new life in Christ, there is a mission we have to what? To proclaim him, to do the work of him, to make disciples. But I think it goes deeper than this as well. Maybe in your life right now, you don't, you you know this, you don't like where you are right now in life. You want to be in a different place. There's maybe a different type of job you want, or you want more recognition in your life, or you want to feel that you, more, you have more significance, more influence on those around you. Maybe you're just frustrated this morning. 
and you can't put your finger on why, I just feel frustrated. Well, I think a lot of times what's happening for the Christian is that we're, we're not letting that yoke that Jesus speaks of here simply rest on us and submit to what he's calling us to. We want to be someone that we're not. We think if I could just be this, then I'll have the peace in my life that I'm so, so after right now. Instead of understanding that, that God is writing a story in your life that consists probably of a lot of hard things, but yet that he's redeeming, but that he's transforming you into. And that can be burdensome. But Jesus is saying, I know that. Take my yoke and come with me. We need to take upon the identity that we have in Jesus Christ. That is our identity. We need to rest in the fact of who we are in Christ and be that, not someone else. But be that in the way God has made you. Be that in the way God has purposed you. Be that in the way God is redeeming this world for his glory. And rest in that. Don't be someone you're not. Another quote from Augustine, he said, if you take a bird's wings away, you might seem to be taking weight off of it. But the more weight you take off, the more you tie it down to earth. There it is on the ground, and you wanted to relieve it of weight. Give it back the weight of his wings, and you will see how it flies. What weight is Christ calling you to bear? What is he leading you into? Where is he taking you? How is he teaching you? You see, this is the other part of the duty. See, Christ commands us to learn from him. Verse 20, he says, take my yoke upon you and what? And learn from me. What does it mean to put on the yoke of Jesus? It means to learn from him. See, the Christian disciple learns from Jesus. John 17, 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they may know that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, to know Christ is eternal life. Like I said earlier. But the Christian disciple in our life now, we are to be learning from Jesus. See, Jesus, he is like, he is the resident scholar. Christianity is like the school, but we need to understand that Jesus, he's the subject. And he's also the master teacher. And this is what we center our lives around. James Boyce wrote this. He says, this is the school, speaking of Christianity, this is the school in which every true believer has matriculated and in which a lifelong course of study is prescribed. We are to be learning. You see, a closed mind is the end of discipleship. We are to be learning from Jesus, but our hearts need to be oriented to him like a child. We need to learn from him with diligence and submission. A lot of what encompasses a life of following Jesus is, is simply it's apprenticeship. It's following after him, learning everything we can to know about him and imitate this in the, in the grace that God affords us. How well do you know Jesus this morning? 
A lot of us can say, I know him as my Lord and Savior, and I praise God for this. But how much are we focusing on the way that Jesus lived his life here on the earth? How much are we focusing on how he dealt and loved people? How much are we focusing on the mercy that he showed? How much are we, de- how much are we focusing on just how Jesus formed his words to people? How he loved people? And are we imitating this? We are to be the church that imitates and displays Jesus. And our world needs to see this in such a a profound way. So we we see it again, this call, that Jesus offered, he is the only one that offers us true rest for the weary. He cares for us, and you see, he wants to teach us his way through the burdens that we face today. The burdens that we are facing As we take upon that yoke of Christ, he is going to lead us and show us and transform us. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Submission is never easy. It takes faith. But what we can do as we walk this walk of faith is is what point three tells us. That we can embrace the benefits that Christ offers us. You see, Jesus offers rest to those who trust him as Savior. But here's where we get tripped up a lot as Christians. We trust him as Savior. We receive him as Savior. All the while rejecting the lordship of Jesus. We view his yoke to be burdensome. And we ultimately miss the benefits that Jesus offers those who trust him. So what are these benefits? In verses 29 through 30, we know that we can trust the heart of Christ. We can receive benefit by by submitting to Christ because we can trust Jesus' heart. In verse 29, Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I think this is the only place in, in Scripture that that we see Jesus' heart described, the character and condition of his heart, that he is gentle and lowly. What is the heart of Jesus like? It is good, it is pure, it's holy, it's just and righteous, but Jesus doesn't even mention that here. He's very specific. He gives a a twofold description of his heart where he says, I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. This gentleness that Jesus is referring to, we, we get a better description in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, in the Beatitudes, where Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meekness of Christ. The meekness of Christ is not a weakness of Christ. It is strength under control. You see, this is Jesus. Strength under control. A soft exterior, but, in, but an interior strength of steel that will not bend that we can depend upon because he is gentle. He is lowly in heart. You see, what Jesus says when he's saying lowly here, it's synonymous with gentle, but it's also meaning that there is a, a a humility, that he is humble. And this is what we are to imitate, 
that we are to humble ourselves to the same lowly state. But it is a state that is filled with rest. It is a state that is filled with truly experiencing the dependency of the, and the blessings that we, have, that we find in depending upon Christ. You see in Matthew 20, verse 28, it says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the gentleness of Christ. This is the lowly heart of Christ. And this is what we are called. We are called to imitate. But it speaks also to the fact of how much Jesus cares about the yokes and the burdens that we have to carry. Jesus' lowly heart does what? He comes into my situation, He comes into your situation. God has descended himself to us in Christ. And a lot of times we don't cry out for help or we don't truly believe that God can help us because we don't fully believe the character of Jesus and what he's saying here. He is with you. He cares for you. He weeps with you. He is walking with you. This is the Jesus we are serving. And this is the Jesus we are called, we are called to imitate. And through this, we must understand that even in our, our, our lowly state, we have not been cast aside. In Isaiah 42, 3, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. I think of my life and the sin in my heart. It smolders those, those wicks, right, of life. I am broken. There's a part of me that's broken. I was broken and, and, and apart from Christ before Christ, before God regenerating me and giving me life in Christ. I was broken. Was I cast aside? No, by God's grace, I was given life. I was given new birth. And you see, this is the heart of Jesus. You see, we might do and still do, and I think of this in my life, of just when I'm not resting in Christ and doing the work that I think is needed to be done to get close to God, my, my sin gets in the way of these things and I get confused and I, and, I, and I make things about myself. But you see, if I'm resting in Christ, I realize the life that I have in Christ, that I can rest in him. And that through his gentleness and his lowliness, he is meeting me in these places and he has given me life So I want you to hear this, that this rest that Jesus offers, you who were once dead have been given new life. You have been reborn. Find rest in that today. Finally, we see that we can trust the yoke of Christ and we can trust the burden of Christ. And I said this earlier, that we don't like the yoke. We, we look at the burden we're facing, and that can then cause doubt. That can cause anger. We can, we can question, but we need to embrace the benefits we receive as we walk by faith, knowing that the yoke has been perfectly fitted for us. You see, when they would fit I think this is true. I'm not a farmer. All right, let me just say this. But when they would fit the ox with the yoke, it wasn't like they just kind of hung it on the, on the guy and said, you're good to go. It would be shaped and molded to the animal. It would fit perfectly. It would fit well. 
You see, this is the yoke of Christ in our life. As much as I'm saying corporately how much Christ knows us, I want you to hear that he knows you individually. God has created you. Christ knows who you are. The yoke that Christ has given you is perfectly fitted for your life. And you can trust in this. And a lot of times we don't realize how much we are not alone in the burden. You see, Jesus, see, the burden is light because Jesus is the one who carries the heavy part. See, no burden is too heavy if you lean on Jesus. Getting back to my hiking story I told you earlier, I remember one year with our, our middle schoolers, we had hiked all the way to our, ba- our, our remote camp, and all of a sudden it started pouring rain. I'm talking like downpour. I'm talking like lightning striking. It was, it was pretty intense. And so we made the decision to, it was, it was probably too dangerous to stay, and we made a decision to go back to base camp. And so some of us hiked back to base camp and came back with vehicles that we have, and, and we loaded up all the kids and, and took them back to the base camp. And as we're driving in my van, I just remembered everybody, I mean, it was pouring down rain, and everybody just rushed into the van, still with their hiking backpacks on, and they're still trying to sit in the seats, and they're not just taking it off. And here they're tired, they're exhausted, but yet they're still tied to that backpack. And I had to remind them, like, guys, ladies, take that thing off. You, you're, you are being carried back to base camp in a vehicle. I say that to you this morning because that's, that's Jesus. You see, the burden that you're carrying, you can set it aside because Jesus is strong enough to not just carry you, but to carry that burden as well. And so as we conclude here, here again that only Jesus, he offers rest to the weary. I want you to consider the burden you're carrying today and prayerfully ask, what part of this burden have I not yet given to Christ? Oftentimes we mistake the burden for the yoke and think, no, this is what I'm, I'm meant to bear this and I'm going to see it through. And that produces an attitude of independence and self-reliance. Invite Christ into that burden. And as I said earlier, and just as God was working in my heart over sabbatical, he really brought me to the place of just coming to an understanding that being is more, more important than doing. Being is more important than doing. And I think that the yoke of Christ, it, it often requires more being rather than doing. I'm not saying that we are not to do anything. I'm not saying that we are not to, to minister unto others. But if we're not taking enough time in our, our lives to simply just be with Christ, accept this invitation that we have from him to come to him, we are missing Christ altogether. And we get things out of balance You remember the story of Martha and Mary? Martha was scurrying around doing all the work, but where was Mary? At the feet of Jesus.
at the feet of Jesus? Do you relate more to Martha today or do you relate more to Mary in your life? How would other trusted people in your life answer that question for you? Are you doing more than simply just being with Christ? And lastly, the, the one thing that, that Shannon and I have been trying to walk through with our family is, is, is really considering the command and wisdom of the Sabbath principle in our lives. See, the Sabbath tells us that we stop. Stop our labors. Be with Christ. Rest in him. Rest in God. Worship him. Would you have the faith to stop your labors for an entire day? And just find rest and worship in the Lord? Is that part of your rhythm this morning? Is that part of your rhythm in life? I encourage you to consider that in your lives. To finding regular opportunities to simply be with Christ and rest with him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Only Jesus provides rest for the weary. Let's pray.